The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. Hello and welcome to What Catholics Believe. I'm your host, Thomas Nagley, and with me tonight are three traditional Catholic priests, all from the Society of St. Pius V. We have, of course, Father Jenkins from right here in Cincinnati. We have Father Thomas Marachka from Minnesota. And to my left, we have Father Martin Skierke all the way from Montana, visiting us right here in Norwood, Ohio. Hello, Reverend Fathers. Welcome to the program. How are you all doing? Great. Glad to Thank you. How are you? Yeah, great, great. Yeah, it's good, good to see you see. all. Yeah, great to be here with you all. Thanks for coming. Congratulations on your new boy. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Finally had our uh, our first son after uh, after four tries. God, God has finally blessed us with the son. So we have uh, four girls. Four girls, yes. And they're all wonderful. Yes, yes. Just like their mother. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, Reverend Fathers, I thought that uh, we could have a, an interesting discussion tonight based on, on an email that we received from one of our viewers in England, actually. And uh, so I'll read through a bit of his email here and, and get, uh, get your reaction to some of this. He says that um, <clears throat> my wife and I, this viewer says, we're having a discussion of the future of our children and the stark reality that they face growing up in the world, which is rapidly and aggressively seeking to obliterate Christianity in its entirety. So one of the questions that came up was, were times prior to the flood worse than they are today? We have found this extremely difficult to get our heads around, given today's world is a morass of sin and hatred of God. So your thoughts on this would be most interesting. So I guess I can just open up the floor here and see... Uh, any of our reverend fathers would like to take a stab at this question. Well, it's scary. Looks like he's got. Uh, <laughs> well, first off, we don't know, but it must be pretty bad back then. That's okay. what I'd say. Yeah. Is it worse than now? Who knows? Yeah. Over the years, people thought the world's come to an end because it was so bad. Persecutions uh, at different times. I couldn't. You know, French Revolution, the Protestant Reformation. It's pretty bad. So, you know, is it worse now? I, who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my thought. Yeah. Father Marancha? I, as a priest, I could see that uh, the last 36 years that I've been around, in my priestly duties, that things have gotten worse in society in general, and especially since Roe versus Wade and abortions, and then all of the horrible sins committed uh, by the human race, which is going further and further to the left in its progressive views of things, and morality, morality is out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, in a sense, what I think there is, is a resurgence, almost in my eyes, a, a resurgence of paganism that has engulfed uh, our country and the world at large. And you can almost sense it among some people. I can't describe it in words, but uh, you know, you go out into airports, bus stations, train stations, and you talk to people in general in the street, and there's a certain sense amongst the people that you get of uh, the dystopia that they're just they are the zombie apocalypse <laughs> in a sense. That I, I get that feeling. So, mm-hmm. and and just with the 
I mean, we can all tell stories. We're all old enough here to tell stories. When when I was growing up, fathers were growing up. In out in society, if anybody used bad language, for example, publicly, he said, well, "Why should there's women present?" Now, of course, that is all out the window today. The, 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 the vanity of vulgarity is, is very yeah. commonplace today. In fact, father and I were in a restaurant in Bismarck. Remember that? And we were seated at a table, and there was two girls waiting at the host station to get seated, mm-hmm. 20-something, and just spewing out, not caring one profanity after another, you know, without this total disregard for anybody else's sensibilities. Yeah. But it's a reflection, I think, of the modern mentality today of its abandonment of God, its abandonment of religion and moral practices. So that's why I perceive, and you father, but... Well, there's uh, morality, but there's immorality, amorality, and there's a difference. You know, people who are immoral are breaking the law of God, and but they know they're breaking the law of God. They might even feel badly about it, but they do it anyway. But then there's amorality, which is the complete absence of any moral principle whatsoever. You know, but I think we're in a stage of anti-morality, where morality, moral principle, is looked upon with disdain, even distrust. As though it is contempt. somehow with a contempt, yes, yeah. it's it's yeah. it is exactly that. They have a contempt for the moral principles of the past, and uh, I do think it is worse in in this in this one sense. I mean, as Father Skirky says, I mean, in terms of the material sins, the objective matter of the sins, that's one question. But I, I think this is worse worse today because you have today a world which rejects Jesus Christ. I mean, the world of Sodom and Gomorrah did not know him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the world today knew him, right? And they have rejected him with an, a, a, an exclamation point. You know? They despise him. And they, des- they despise him, they detest him, they, they actually hate him. <clears throat> and uh, I think in that sense, the, the, the uh, anti-morality of this day constitutes the great rebellion and, uh, I mean, that's what apostasy is. It's a great re- rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a great apostasy. And I think that the, that includes this uh, this shrill anti-morality that we're seeing all around us. And, uh, and I, I agree with what Father Skerke and Father Rachia will have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is, that is the factor which makes it so much worse today. Mm-hmm. I think the fact also that, that people are living in this world where those who love our Lord and are faithful to him and want to follow his moral principles, his, his teachings, also have that much more to suffer or will have much, that much more to suffer. Remember St. Uh, Louis de Montfort, St. Louis de Montfort said that uh, the, in the latter days, the saints will be so great that they will be as the cedars of Lebanon compared to shrubs, you know, even compared to the early martyrs of the church, mm-hmm. so there's a certain hatred of Christ that is growing in the world now that is going to make this sanctity necessary. Mm-hmm. There can be no lukewarm Catholics, as it were. Mm-hmm. Those who are going to hold to the faith, they're going to hold it uh, completely, or they're, they're going to lose it. <clears throat> so I just think it's the times. And there's also, the times there's actually an increase, though, and it's very overt now in the open today, of Satanism. Yes. Definitely. No question about it, yeah. and they're very bold about it. 
And as far as said with St. Louis the Montfort, uh, you know, God, in every age, in every situation, God raises saints up to combat the errors of the day. And we do have the promise of St. Louis de Montfort that in these days, in the latter days, he'll raise up saints probably to equal that of the apostles in the working of miracles. Really? So I do have hope uh, for uh, the next generation. And we just had a beautiful dinner for Father uh, Greenville's 30th anniversary. Okay. And at the reception, I saw here at the Immaculate Conception Church here at the reception, the a plethora of children, uh, which is, you know, they say that the World War II generation was the greatest generation. But I do have hope uh, that this generation, due to the efforts of Father Jenkins, Father Greenwell, and instilling the Catholic faith into these into the youth, that these will be raised up to be the next greatest generation of the 21st century. Something may history record that they are now the best and greatest generation of this sense. And that is incumbent upon the people here. And is thanks to the good father here and Father Greenwell, because it is just a, a joy to see youth and the innocence of youth. And you got today in the world today, and you see the hardness, and my father can tell you, you know, most modern kids today, there's a certain hardness on their face because they do not know God. And what I witnessed today, and my father certainly will agree that what I witnessed today is the joy and the peace and the countenance of the youth today, the Florida youth, mm -hmm. that is reflected because they have the Catholic faith. It's a beautiful thing to witness, you know. So I have hope sure. for the future in the evils of which confront us in the world today. Sure. Father Skirky, I wanted to go back to something you said. I thought you made an interesting point talking about, you know, how, how frequently throughout human history... Uh, we, we, certain peoples that have thought that we were at the end times, um, you know, I, I believe even in the, uh, the, the St. Paul's epistles, he, he, he references this where there were those who, who thought that, that the end times were upon them even back then. So is, is there something in human nature that, that causes us to, to, you know, believe that, that we're near the end times? Is there something in human nature that causes us to kind of look for the worst and just kind of have the, this apocalyptic I don't know. Look for the worst. You just said maybe they see the worst. Yeah. Um, you know, and going back to what Father Jacob says there in rebellion. I don't know if a lot of them are in rebellion. They don't even know God. I have had converts over the years. I'd ask them, as a starting point, ask them what religion they belong, what, what religion, what's their religion. Mm -hmm. Their answer is usually Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd ask them, well, what do you, what, uh, what's the basis for your Christianity? They said, I believe in God. Yeah. They don't know Christ. <laughs> They're not rebelling to Christ. They don't even know Christ. Yeah. They, they don't know who our Lord is, and uh, they're just embraced. They, they, they grew up in the world as part of their life, and their friends have rebelled. They're rebelling against God. It's, but but to, to ask your question, it's, uh, I don't think it's something in nature. Unless, in fact, it's fallen human nature, we look for look for the worst, I guess. Sure, maybe. sure, sure. Yeah, and, and I believe, you know, Father Jenkins has said this before, how... Pope St. Pius X, he said that even in his time, you know, a hundred years ago, that he said Catholics at that time, did many Catholics did not even know enough about the Catholic faith to, mm -hmm. to save their soul. You know, that, that was a hundred years ago, well before Roe versus Wade, well, well before any, any of the... Well, people uh, suffer for a lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do, you, do you, I mean, could it possibly be any better now than it, than it was in, in, in Pope St. Pius's, so Pope St. Pius X's day? I mean, are not things clearly m much worse now? If there was a lack of knowledge then, what is there today? Oh, it's totally, it's worse if that's, if lacking, mm -hmm. lack of knowledge means nothing, 
Mm-hmm. How it can get less than nothing, but it is worse. Yeah. 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 Well, th- then I guess, I guess the next, uh, logical, logical question that, that would follow from this is, is what, what, what do we do? What, what can Catholics do in these times? How can you, um, you know, how can we be good Catholic leaders in these times? How can we, we secure, um, you know, our, our souls during this time when we see all of this, this rampant immorality, this anti morality? What, what should we be doing? I read in uh, Ephesians here, chapter 6 in the Holy Bible. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, against the rulers of the world of this darkness, <clears throat> against the spirits of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day and to stand in all things perfect. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of justice, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and all things taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the most wicked one. So that is a warning of St. Paul, of the battle of the spiritual combat that we now face. And I do think that we are in a spiritual fight, a spiritual war. Now, what weapons do we have? Uh, we have the Blessed Mother Virgin Mary, and uh, of course the story of Saint Dominic. We went to southern France and northern Italy to try to convert the Albigensians, and went, met with little luck. Till we went off into the forest, and Our Lady gave him the Most Holy Rosary. This is how you're going to convert souls: is through this means, by this spiritual weapon, the Most Holy Rosary. And he met with great success. The amount of uh, converts that he made and the good that he did is unprecedented. You know, it's just, it's amazing. And then uh, one thing I've been trying to promote is a 54-day novena in lieu of what's happening to our country with the riots, the, uh, the attempt of communism to overthrow the Constitution of the United States, to impose upon this country evil, uh, the evil of such as communism by the Democratic Party and others. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> These Democrats are, are Marxist communists for the most part. I mean, there's a few that don't toe the party line, but uh, for the most part, the current uh, leadership have Marxist uh, uh, ideology uh, in their hearts and minds. So in order to combat the evil of the day, I've been trying to promote with our people the 54-day novena, which is Father Skirky had beautifully reprinted here. And uh, it consists of 27 days of petition and 27 days of thanksgiving. And for the intention of the conversion of sinners and for the good of our country, the United States of America. So I think we have to employ spiritual means to combat a spiritual problem. The problem is a spiritual combat that we are not engaged in. So we have to use the means available given to us by God, given to us by heaven. And that is through St. Dominic and through the saints, down through the ages, by the Queen of the Most Holy Rosary. And Father actually did a very good job of uh, reprinting this pamphlet that was over 100 years old. But the, if in case you're not familiar with it, there's the origin, and this pamphlet does tell you a little about the origin of it and where it came from. Mm-hmm. And there are some additional prayers in here that a person will recite during this 54-day novena, 27 days of petition, 
27 days of Thanksgiving. And the petition is the rosary. Yeah, and for our the intention is for the conversion of sinners and the conversion and the um, the good of our country, the United States. That's what I'm doing it for. With, I asked our people starting today as this broadcast is being recorded, uh, September the first to start, and uh, you can keep track. Every day you say joyful, sorrowful, and the glorious mysteries, and there's a calendar in the back okay. where you can check off each day, I say, or a on your own calendar and mark off day one, to, I said the joyful mysteries with the prayers, day two the sorrowful, and then day three the glorious mysteries, okay. and so forth. You hit the 27th day, then you begin the Thanksgiving, since the 54 days. And there's some beautiful meditations in here. There's, like, for the joyful mysteries, for the, the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. And there's a sweet and nice little meditation prayer. And then I bind these snow white bird, uh, snow white uh, buds with the, the petition for the virtue of humility. And I'm lay this bouquet at thy feet. And so, um, beautiful picture of what I, is one of my uh, favorite uh, gospels uh, is, is that of the uh, incarnation of the Archangel Gabriel appeared to the Blessed Mother and informed her that she was to be the Mother of God. And Our Lady said, how shall I have this be since I know not man? And she was informed by the Archangel Gabriel that the Holy Ghost would overshadow her and she would conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. You know, the world waited in, in anticipation for that particular moment to see what Our Lady's answer would be. And she said those words, Fiat Miki Seikun let this be done unto me according to thy word. You know, at that instant, the uh, second person of the Blessed Trinity became incarnate in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. God became one of us, took on human flesh. That's the word incarn- incarnation comes from, from the Latin, which means literally to clothe oneself with human flesh. And that is one of the principal mysteries of the Catholic faith, that of the Incarnation. We'll never really fully understand that. Right. But it's a beautiful, magnificent moment in time. Because the supernatural order of heaven and the natural order of earth come together and they touch in a beautiful, magnificent way in the womb of the Blessed Mother. It is beautiful. And that's where the rosary begins. That's where the rosary begins. Mm-hmm. And Wait. that's why I think the weapon that we must employ is pray the rosary for the conversion of sinners and for the good of our country. We are under assault today by the forces of evil. There's no question about it. I mean, the, the politicians want that with the riots and the peaceful protesters. <laughs> I mean, in Minneapolis, it looks, if you see any pictures of World War II of Dresden, that's how Minneapolis looks, where I'm from. Really? The rioting yeah. came within the, about a mile of the about church. A mile from our yeah. church. Yeah. I mean, Century College had, where a community college a mile away from us, had windows broken. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's in our face. And uh, I think people have to make a decision as to what to do to give them some consolation and hope especially to employ the spiritual means to combat a spiritual evil towards the view that are prevalent amongst people. Well, what, what would you say to those who say that, uh, you know, the, the state of our country today, it's kind of, it's, it's progressed past just a spiritual battle. We have to there's, actually... always, there's always hope. I saw, like I said, I, I witnessed those kids today and father did. Mm. That's the future. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I see a certain beauty and a certain, you see a piece of soul in somebody. We were priests. I'm not a medical doctor, psychologist, but I'm able to see so much, you know, so much countenance shining forth. Sure. And I perceived that in that youth that I said, this hopefully will be the next greatest generation. You know, thanks to people like Father, well, you know, know, Father Jenkins. They, they, the children rejoice in good things. They do. Not, not in evil. They rejoice in good. Goodness. And that's what Our Lady said. My soul hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Mm-hmm. And it's the very innocence of the children which arms them, you know, for the battle, really. Protecting that innocence. Bishop Sheen said that... Uh, an evil man uh, is different from a bad man. A bad man profits from doing evil things, bad things. But an evil man seeks to destroy innocence wherever he finds. He rejoices in destroying innocence. And you can see why these children would be targeted by evil. Mm-hmm. But their innocence is a great bulwark, and to protect that innocence is so important. And I was very happy to hear Father Roshka and Father Sturkey uh, point this out, that they saw that there, too. Right, it's obvious. saw it, too. You know, Tony, you mentioned the question of whether we look for evil, but past generations right. seeing the world yep. you know, on the verge of coming to an end. And uh, I mentioned before that, well, I don't think it's necessarily we're looking for evil, but I do think people have a sense that if the world is, is so uh, given to sin, that we are tempting God, in a sense. And I think people do, do have, have a, a, a sense of impending doom. If they are, if they are presumptuously defying God. So at every time in the world's history where there was a general, uh, degradation of the race in terms of moral principles, I think they, they would feel that. Like we're, we're getting ourselves in trouble. We're really, we're really asking for it. And you know, for all we know, if it had continued unabated, that God might have terminated everything there. Mm-hmm. But the, there were saints whom God raised up, as we heard. And they led a resurgence of faith, and so we were on the brink. We, we were saved, and so we hear today from these two good priests that, you know, there is still plenty of hope out there because we know that there can be a reaction, or a response, not just a reaction, but an actual response to the challenges of the day, and actually uh, offer to God the reparation, the prayer. The, uh, the love that, that we should give to him, reparation for the sins committed against him. And what, uh, Father Rochka is promoting here, this 40 days rosary novena is a very important part of that. So we, he's saying, as I understand that this is the response that we have to give to God for the sin that is cast in his face contemptuously every day. And there you have hope, but this is hope that Heaven itself sent to us because and this is so little can do so good so much. Yeah, yeah. Where, where would one get get one of these copies of this booklet? <laughs> Funny chance. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ordered to quite a few, a few hundred. From we have a limited us. supply. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, Father uh, printed them up actually, so uh, he can yeah. get more. And I'm sure if yeah. they want to write to uh, Father Jenkins or. Or contact you if they contacted you through yeah, a Catholic program. Group, sure. Should we put Father uh, Roshkin, Father Skirky's addresses there also uh, for yeah. contact? Yeah, we can. We can do that. We need a small donation to cover the cost. You know, sure. But, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. It's not a fundraiser, but no, no, it's that's prayer raiser. Prayer raiser. Okay. Sounds good, Father. You know, you know, you mentioned this uh, this this kind of impending sense of sense of doom that we have, and you know, I think that's really uh, evident in the world today, you know, even with, with so many of the um, 
the, 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 the current movies that come out, it seems that there's, there's this theme of just right. kind of this constant, like, apocalyptic uh, theme, you know, end of the world right. and, and all of this. So, but, but is, would that not be, be a good thing, uh, in a certain sense, if, you know, we, we kind of have this kind of guilt almost that we feel that we are offending God and we feel this way that, you know, we're, we're in trouble because of what we're doing. Would that not, hopefully, I guess, kind of spur us to, to repentance? So could that not be a, a, a good thing? One would only hope, right? Well, we look at, 9-11, right? And we see the reaction to that, right? And other disasters, people say, oh, we've got to pray, 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 pray. But they don't change their lives, not for long anyway. But I would hope, as you're saying, Tom, that uh, just this, this idea of impending doom would uh, sober people up a bit yeah. if it would only make them reform. Not, if they don't have the faith, though, what do they do? I mean, they, 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 they don't as a Catholic, we know we can pray, but what do the rest of the world that don't believe, don't believe in God, don't know God, mm-hmm. yeah, they have an impending doom, a debilitating doom. What are they that, praying to? What are they praying why, for? We, yeah. got, we got to do this for the conversion of sinners, that God moves the most hardened of hearts towards conversion. And that's one of the promises of the sacred heart. That, that God will, our Lord, give to priests the power of conversion of the most hardened of hearts. Mm-hmm. So I think, especially through the Sacred Heart of Jesus and through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and our devotion to that, to let God's grace work upon the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we can't give up. I mean, it's with our, I think, obligation and duty as priests to to pray for that particular intention. You know? and, and never underestimate the grace of God. I mean, all of us. Priests could, we travel all over the country and even outside the United States, and uh, it's not unusual. All the priests can tell you a story. is bless me, Father, if I have sinned, it's been 50 years since my last confession. <laughs> like, that's okay. yeah. Those things happen, mm-hmm. you know, or someone's on their deathbed, and through the, by virtue of receiving the traditional sacraments, oh, they call in the family, they don't think he's going to last through the night. Then two years or three years later, you're making communion calls to the same person because yeah. you know, they be beat their cancer for a time. So yeah. Yeah. miracles happen. And you can't underestimate the grace of God to move the most hardened of sinners, even in our society today. And I think God's going to draw out. There are conversions happening. Father can attest to that the fact due to this program that he himself has seen where people approach Father Skerke and they want to take convert instructions or they have saw the program. And they are moved in a special way, and, or maybe they're a Protestant, and they want to convert to Catholicism, and because of the show. You know? So God's grace, God works in serious ways, surely, and his ways are not our ways. <laughs> so we have to always remember that. You know? And a lot of us, too, these, these people that are interested, you can't just say, here's the Bible, read it, because that Bible has no authority as far as they're concerned. So you appeal to the reason, and they, uh, they see the reasonableness of what you're saying, then you bring the Bible in. Then you turn to prayer, and then they they, they start getting an understanding, a grasp of the whole, of an of a order they never heard of, the spiritual order. Mm-hmm. They don't even they don't even never thought of it. Well, you know, as you say, Father Scary, giving them the reason uh, answers, it, that's really just removing the obstacles of the way. Right. So it's it so opens the way up to divine revelation. But you have to do that first. Yeah. Absolutely, because, because as far as me quoting, or quoting the Bible, trying to teach, you know, show them that there's a true faith, that Bible doesn't mean anything to them. They never read it, never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Not, in, not until, uh, but like St. Augustine, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's grappled with it for the longest time. He despised it. He thought it was not it was human t- wisdom. The, the tears of his mother, St. Monica, mm-hmm. for at least 20 years, 
prayed for the conversion of her son, St. Augustine, that he was totally lazy, take up and read. And, and, and you know, Father Russia, I mean, just when she thought that he had escaped her grasp and run off to Rome, yeah. and then Milano. Well, in Milan, who did he run, meet but St. Uh, Ambrose. Ambrose? Yeah. And he was the one who overcame the obstacles by, you know, yeah. use of reason. He overcame that resistance, and St. Augustine began to see the truth. You know, and that's, you know, that, that, that's one aspect. The other aspect is, look, uh, aspect is look at the early Christians. Look at uh, every, any period of time... Time of St. Dominic, the Pius X or Pius V, you had all these people saying the rosary. Pius V, one people pay the rosary because of Muslims uh, invading Europe. Lepanto. Lepanto. And so the people started praying. You see the early Christians start doing it, and people just look, look for how they love one another. Mm. We have the same thing now. They, they say they pray, say this prayer, say the rosary. And it's going to manifest itself in their own demeanor, in their own conduct, how much they love the, the, right. the, the, mm-hmm. their, their belief will come through. And people are going to see that. And it says, there's not the other worlds. There's something else. And look, look how happy they are. Even in these terrible times when we think bad as Sodom and Gomorrah or mm-hmm. whatever period it might be. Can I say, I also like some Catholics who are lukewarm. Somebody here, no objection that, well, I like to say my own prayers. I don't, I don't want to pray the rosary. You know? <laughs> You gotta remember something. You know, this comes from Our Lady. This comes from heaven. Yeah. And when it comes to heaven, you kind of hate to say no. Hopefully. <laughs> 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 yeah. Or say I can do better. Yeah. <laughs> when it's praying the gospel. And I think of us too. And also, I have to teach the people how to pray. Right. You can pray in your own words. There's nothing wrong with making your own prayers up. Yeah. You use your prayer books, rosary, you know, litanies, or whatever you want to do. But you have to start a conversation with God, an intimate conversation. If and my mother uh, was telling me one time, she said, you know, the, your father and I got along great because, you know what, when we put the kids to bed, we could sit down at the kitchen table over a cup of coffee and we could talk to each other. We could have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So in a certain way, you have to have a conversation with God. And it's sincere. See, prayer is very easy. It's not rocket science. <laughs> it's nothing more than the uplifting of the mind and the heart to the things of God. You know, and when I, when I brought uh, our Lord, they said, who's the greatest? And he takes my child. He said, unless you become as one of these little ones, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. So to approach our Lord in a childlike fashion with sincerity, confidence, and trust, and perseverance, and talk to him like uh, uh, you would to have anything in conversation with your wife or with your children, and, and, and have a sincere conversation. And so why do you act, acronym, ACTS? We say prayers of adoration. Thank you, Almighty God, for you know creating me this day. Uh, contrition or compunction for our sins. I'm sorry for having offended thee. And uh, I said, you know, thank, I thank thee, Almighty God. Adoration, I adore thee, Almighty God. Ever present in the blessed sacrament. Thank thee, Almighty God, for all the benefits I receive, spiritual or temporal. Supplication, I ask God for the favors I am in need of. Mm-hmm. One of the four ends of, of, of prayer. And the highest form of prayer, of course, is the Holy Mass, mm-hmm. of course, because of the infinite value. But, but the point is, though, I think if people just sit down in a quiet, and believe me, all of us, Paul Scrooge, can tell you, I, every, I'm going to get gas at a gas station, you hear this blurring music. Well, <laughs> yes. It's like the modern world does not want you to have peace by yourself alone. Yeah, they want to put noise to because you noise, can't Noise, you noise, can't, noise, constantly. Pray. So you're distracted. You can't concentrate, you can't meditate. So you've got to have some quiet time. You know, quiet time, either in your home or somewhere, in your own privacy, your own room, somewhere where you can have quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll say, you know, I can hear the silence, you know. 
I go on a retreat, or, uh, uh, but you have to have that moment where you're able to get yourself in the, uh, in the presence of God, in the chapel or wherever, and begin that conversation. You know, here's what I need, Lord. You know, help me. Then you listen, know, the, the man listen. in the temple, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, the Pharisee and the publican. Right. He said, you know, and then the Pharisees there, you know, I'm not like the rest of these sinners, adulterers, you know, blah, blah, blah. And all the guy in the back would do is beat his breast and say, I'm sorry for having offended thee. Help me. <laughs> yeah? Lord, help me. I need your help. So if you say that in this honest and sincere way, and you, you surrender yourself to the will of God, you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. That's why we need this. Sure. The, the, the message is, we have to get, if you read the Old Testament, you read the history of the human race. When the Israelites were bad, God punished them. And when the only one they got on their knees and repented, he favored them again. Right. And that's, we must repent. We have offended God, and so we must get on our knees and beg for his forgiveness. That's mm-hmm. what, Sure. And I go a lot to In Cincinnati area, we've started what we call the, the Flash Rosary. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Tom knows he's organized this you know, a couple times already. We did, it just started. But parishioners have come forward and said, well, I'll take a, a Saturday a month. What they do is they just notify everybody at 1 o'clock or so on Saturday afternoon. We'll be praying the rosary downtown Cincinnati in one of the parks or one of the public places. But we're not going to say exactly where. Yet, we don't reveal the place until maybe an hour or two ahead of time, uh, just to avoid interference with those who might want to make trouble. And so far, it's worked pretty well, I guess, Tom. We've done, yeah. what, three times, four times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've, we, we've had good turnout. We've had great, great feedback from it, so hopefully we can. And I can see incorporating something like that together yeah. with this yeah, in terms of, say, it was part of your Rosary Novena here, a 45-day Rosary Novena. 54. 54 day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is a good opportunity. Let's get together downtown and have a public rosary. And, uh, so I, I can see that working very well. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I would encourage others to do that, too, wherever you are in yeah, the country. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I guess in, in a couple of minutes we have left, I, I, I wanted Father Shkirky to go back to, to something you said. You, you, you mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, we, we talked a bit about that be, before the program started, and... and uh, you know how how terrible things were there, obviously, and and yet God said that uh, to Abraham. He said that he he would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah had he found ten just men there. Right, yeah. And and so, do you think that that we could expect the same from from God today? Absolutely, yeah. God doesn't doesn't change. Yeah, yeah. You know, if he gets, and I said the same thing. The reason I think we've not our country's not been destroyed, world's not been destroyed. We have some good people out there, good people out there praying. I think another thing, aside from even that, mere fact that our public leaders, Trump, for example, he says, he, I think the quote was, he said, we stand to the flag and we genuflect or kneel to God. Mere fact that a public figure would proclaim that, we had never heard that. <laughs> Every human being is made in the image and likeness of God. The born and the unborn. <laughs> so that's so the Republican National Convention that, uh, closed with the Ave Maria. Right. But that alone, that alone means it is a big thing yeah. that our our public officials would would do that, yeah. but in conjunction with that, now we got to back it up too yeah. by praying. And once again, yes, you can you can change things around. And I think once again, we're it's not as bad as it is because we have good people out to pray. I'm convinced of it. Otherwise, what was what's 
to stop God from, he God should punish the world. Mm -hmm. It's strange that that kind of, because there is so much evil out there. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's just horrendous to see. But at the same token, there's so much good out there. And like we witnessed it today at the dinner, you know, and for the mass for father. And so, uh, and that's what gives me hope. Yeah. I see it in people that, people who love God, want to save their souls, and want to get to heaven, you know. And it's a beautiful thing to witness. So there's hope for me in that, you know. So. Well, I believe there's hope for you, too. <laughs> glad to say. But, you know, when I was first ordained, people would say, I couldn't imagine bringing kids into the world, having kids, and being married, yes. and having children. Yes. At this day and age, yes. you know, back in 1980 and 82 and 84, now we have children of those children bringing their children into the world now. <laughs> and they could probably be saying the same thing. Yes. But, you know, they're, they're going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've we've actually received that that very question to our program here. We've had people email in and ask, you know, with with the state of the world today, do you, do you do you think that it's that it's justifiable to bring children into Absolutely. the world? We need it. We need it. Well, uh, Father Skirke's own mother had a hand in bringing a hundred something great grandchildren. Right? One hundred five. One hundred five. Wow. So they were hundred years of age. She born March second. Like, March second. Yeah. 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 Oh. Wow. So one hundred plus years. But people have to realize that. The whole world realized that what why do, would you not want to bring a child to the world? Why would someone not want to? It's not for this world, it's for heaven. I mean, does, why, would point, so, why would someone say, Well, I don't want to have a child that we even have a possibility of going to heaven? Mm-hmm. Why would somebody even think of such a thing that have children? They're, they're destined for heaven. If they're martyrs, even when life matters, like your mother, how many she'd be responsible for a generation? Like, I, I go back to my grandmother. But my grandmother would have had an abortion, my mother, or used birth prevention of some sort or another. It's uh, not just 105 children. Go, go another three or four generations, you're having thousands, 10,000, 20,000, who would not even exist today. Yeah. They couldn't even say, I exist. They're, it wouldn't be there. I had the funeral for the last week for my mother. There was close to 100 some relatives. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if what, so one life, one life matters. And just and we have to realize that because it's this life that's alive that there is hope they can they're destined for heaven. Yeah, so. host of grandchildren, great grandchildren, and then you said if they multiplied that out, if you would take my grandmother, my mother had a hundred and five grandchildren. So let's say it averages out. Let's say five children mm-hmm. per child because some are going to get married, some can have children, some get priests, become priests. Okay. So if each one of the you average out for those hundred kids. Times five. That's five hundred. Next generation. <laughs> Following generation is twenty five hundred. But if you go seven, that's seven hundred. Next generation is almost five thousand. That's a small town. <laughs> in in within a, within a hundred years. And they all have the last, same last name. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. But no, it's that point uh, well taken. Though. Yeah. But but the, so each life does matter. But all so these lives matter because yeah, all the evil of the world. But. Okay, so they're martyred, they're, you know, put to death where it might be. They're destined for heaven. So someone who's conceived even, they can say, I exist. They know God naturally. But someone who's even prevented from existing can't even, can't even know God even naturally. He can't know of God. He doesn't even exist. He's, he's non-existent. I coined a term. What was the term I coined? I forget. Basically, <laughs> um, um, I mean, in other words, not only just killing the innocent, it's preventing the innocent from even existing. 
Yeah. How how sad is that? How evil is mm-hmm. that? Yeah. yeah. Some to think that they that there's only two children or one child. It's this this is race for suicide to something like that, or suicide yeah. of the race. Yeah. Well, there's a great, great contempt for life because it's a great contempt for the life giver. It's a great contempt for the creator. It all comes back to that. They forgot what we what we exist for, what we're created yeah. for. That's right. Why no, I will not serve. Yeah. Yep. There you are. Yeah. By the way, I want to point something out. Brother Rafi, you mentioned that you're starting this on September 1st. Which is today. Yeah. But, but you know, those, those who get this book later than that, we have I some think... magnificent feast days coming up. We go to September 8th, right. the birthday of Our Lady. Right. The 12th of September, the Holy Name of Mary. Absolutely. The 15th, Our Lady of Sorrows. Absolutely. Sorrows of Anytime you want to start The 24th of September, Our Lady of Ransom. <laughs> so you can start on any, any of these days. A lot of feast days think I'm in honor of Our Lady. I think Our Lady of Ransom would be a good feast day. <laughs> I think that would be a good ransom mankind. Very, very good to start. Wow. wow. Beautiful feast days. October, October 7th. October 11th. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so any, any day is fine as long as you do it. That's so you just start. It's just yeah. that. Yeah. I did it. We our parish. We did it on January first, and then I said, "Well, before the election, I like to start again, being September first. So that's why okay. I'm doing it." But hey, out there, anytime you want to start, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's just do it. That's it. Uh, that's, that's the point. They've also started rosary walks here. Yes, certain yes. evenings mm-hmm. during the week, some of the families will get together in neighborhoods and just walk around the sidewalks. Yep. And uh, across the way, one of the families did that the first time. They had hundred people. A hundred wow. people show up actually wow. take part in the rosary walk. Yeah, they're doing it on a certain night every uh, every week. And then what's that? They refer to as living rosary now that people are oh, that's signing up. They're, they're getting that going too. Yeah, so the fidelity. So there's a lot of a lot of activity out there. Uh, a lot of a lot of praying that is you know rising uh, to heaven right now. Means heaven knows we need it. So yeah, as I say, is a spiritual combat, spiritual war engaging. So we have to use spiritual means. About a spiritual problem, mm-hmm. and that's this is one of the ways I do it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I guess in, in closing, um, you know, if it's a, a spiritual warfare, certainly the greatest spiritual arms that we have is the mass. And I, right. I, uh, I just read today in the uh, the the Hidden Treasure book by by Saint Leonard of Port Maurice. I, I believe he called the the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass the the potent prop that is that is holding the world up from from falling into right. the abyss mm-hmm. uh, of its sins and. Uh, so, Andre Pio says you can do uh, better without the sun yeah. than without the uh, holy sacrifice of the mass. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, uh, we we wouldn't have the mass without our priests. So I thank you all very much, very much for that, and uh, thank you for everything that you do. And uh, thank thank you all for being here tonight. It's been great to have you. My, my pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you too. Yeah. Thank you, Catholic layman, to keep moving forward here by the grace of God. And we'll have to do it again. Bring in little, little children in the world. Right? <laughs> we'll have to do it again. Right? Let's do it again. That's right. That's yeah. right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you, Reverend Fathers. I appreciate your time. God bless you all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank God bless. Thanks to all of our viewers as well for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady at Fatima to consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and to pray and do penance. Thank you and God bless you.